Hey guys, how's it going? Kelsey Steele, Scott Stewart here from USLHQ in beautiful Tampa, Florida. Listen, it's been over two months since the USL Championship Final, and since then we've crowned new title winners, and we've had a ton of movement across the league, probably more than ever before. So Scott and I thought, how better to get this season going than laying out our top five signings, some few buzzworthy moments, and we're going to lay out some guys who still have the opportunity to be picked up. So we both laid out our top five. They aren't the same. We've talked about this prior, but Scott, I'm going to let you kind of kick it off here. Who is your number five signing this offseason? First off, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's been a long time. Happy to uh, have this platform again to talk <laughs> nothing but the best USL championship. And so on that note, top five acquisitions in the offseason. Mm -hmm. I'm starting with Jimmy Oxford. Uh, Jimmy Oxford to Louisville. He's a player who made the move from San Jose to Nashville last year. Made an incredible impact. Scored against Louisville in that October game as we were making our playoff prediction bracket, which seems like it. three calendar years ago. Not alone, just uh, two months. But Oxford is somebody who you would think is going to replace Paco Craig, a player we may or may not talk about later on, but he could end up being part of that backbone of Louisville's defense. When you look at Louisville last year, I think they had a lot of attacking pieces and they just relied on the consistency across their back four. I think bringing in Oxford, whether they sign another defender or not, is just a sign that Louisville wants to make sure that they take care of the back just as much as they take care of the front. We've already seen them bring in Ben Lund back on loan and the goalkeeper position. They've got Chris Hubbard back, but I think Oxford is a, a statement of intent for them. So looking forward to seeing how he impacts that club. I think what's interesting about Jimmy too is this a, it's a Louisville guy. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who finished his collegiate career at the University of Louisville and on top of all that was the AAC Defender of the Year. Yeah, so he's, he's decent. He's, he's, he's decent, right. a nice acquisition for them. So I'm looking forward to see how that's going to play out for Louisville in that back line, especially if Baco Craig doesn't make that return. Number five for me, I'm going with Kalen Ryden over to New Mexico United. This is a guy who's coming off of a USL Championship Final trophy. He's a champion now. He knows what that feels like. I think he's going to come in to New Mexico, somebody, a club that really kind of needs, I think, that next step in that back line, somebody to fill a few holes there. I think Kalen's going to do that. And when you look at New Mexico as a club and what the culture is over there, I think Kalen fits right on into oh, yeah. it. I, I think he's he's going to make a lot of sense. And ultimately, I think he's going to be looked to as a leader with this club, which well, is something you said. And New Mexico is all about like commitment, right? you got to yeah. be committed to everything. This is the man who signed his contract on his wedding night. If I don't think you can get more committed <laughs> than tying the knot both literally to your wife and also to to your future club. I think that's a fantastic Yeah, what a gem of a person to his wife also to, to let that happen on his yeah, wedding Yeah, I'm night, sure there were know? some discussions that may or not have taken place before that. But yeah, shout out Kalen on, uh, on making that big move. I it's think awesome. he's going to be an interesting acquisition in that black and yellow. I think they're really excited to have him here. And I'm interested to see how he's going to fit within that back line. You know, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting there with Justin Schmidt and what they have going on. But I think it was necessary for New Mexico to have a, a big uh, guy bring in on that back line. I think Kalen's going to might be the key that they're looking for. 100%. Number 100%. four. Number four. I got to provide a little context on this one. Okay. It's not Indy 11's Carl Hayworth, who I really wanted to add to this list, but instead I'm going with maybe the only other person who I would put in the list of best set piece deliverers. Tampa Bay Rowdies, Lewis Hilton, who made the move from St. Louis FC. The guy plays a peach of a pass in every situation, but especially in dead ball opportunities with a couple of the Rowdies' other acquisitions on top of who they're bringing back from last year. I think he's going to be an incredible asset for them. And, I mean, 
Obviously his set priest production is impressive, but it's also just who he is on the field. I think you're talking about another proven leader, somebody who gave it all for St. Louis the last couple of years and someone who wants to make sure that he takes that next step, both for himself, but also for the club. St. Louis could have made the playoffs last year, kind of teetered. The Rowdies, I think their season ended not the way that they thought it would or, or wanted or it to. Or many people thought it would. Exactly. So I think Lewis is part of a project for Neil Collins and, and a project that is very promising and is only going to be bolstered by the fact that that man can just provide a lot in a lot of different scenarios. Hey, listen, it's, it, it, there's no question here that Tampa Bay Rowdies, it, it's going to be a club that we are going to be talking about a lot this season. I mean, might as well just get used to it now. They've brought in so many people this this offseason, so many just big-time guys that I think are going to bring this puzzle together mm-hmm. for, for Neil Collins' side. What's interesting to me is how he's going to fit in with Lee Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Leo Fernandez. Is mm-hmm. he going to play more of a six? What his shape is going to look like there? Because right now you're looking at a rowdy side that they have a lot of guys who can score. And I think Lewis fits fits well, but I'm interested to see kind of what role he plays in that midfield. 100% because there's no quadro poku. But right. Lewis Hilton also isn't poku, you know? So it's going I'm, to. I'm with you. I think it's going to be intriguing to see sort of how Neil plays that system, whether Neil goes four at the back, three at the back, and how that affects Hilton's role. But I think no matter what, this kid is going to bring, kid, got you, got your back, Lewis. Uh, <laughs> I think no matter what, this guy is going to bring something to the rowdy. Absolutely, and kind of sticking with that number four narrative as well, I have to go with Carl Hayward, the guy that you mm. just mentioned, mm. over to Indy. It was funny when you and I were talking about this earlier because it was almost like we we forgot for a second that this even happened because it was so early in the offseason. I think it was like early December or yeah. something like that that, yeah. that Carl came in and right away we were like, this is, this is a heck of a signing for Indy. Indy's putting together a lot of pieces as well. I think it's another Eastern Conference team that we're going to be talking a lot about. But I think Carl... You've got another set-piece guy there, much like Lewis in that sense. Mm-hmm. But you've also got a veteran guy. Like, here you have somebody who's going to bring what you need on the field and off of it, which I think is huge for this indie side. Somebody who's really going to be in that in that leadership role. I am interested to see how he fits with a lot of these pieces in the infield, in midfield. We're talking about Drew Connor, Matt Watson, mm-hmm. Kenny Walker, uh, Tyler Pasher. You Now you have Nick Moon. You've got a lot of guys in there. A lot of really talented guys. I think you could possibly work. I think you might have a lot of guys coming in, and you know the 70, 75th, and bringing that extra, you know, pop there at the end that you might need. But this is a guy in Carl Hayward that can do a little bit of everything, and he's somebody that might bring a fan base with him from from the Canadian side as well. So I think that he is going to bring something really, really special to this indie side, and might be that ticket there in the midfield that they were looking for. Plus maybe the two best like tag team dead ball deliverers with him and Ioze on the other side. I mean that's a that's a dangerous tandem. I'm with Absolutely. You. Yeah I think that's gonna be looking good. Number three. Number three. Um, this one was very easy for me because I think it's just a giant acquisition for any club. So Nicholas Murray back in early December wrote like a top 10 free agents list and naturally almost all of those players are off the board because Nicholas is really good at what he does. <laughs> Number one on that list who has landed in Miami with Miami FC is Romario Williams, an incredibly talented mm-hmm. forward, someone who we've seen time and time again. He's just got a knack for goal scoring. He's in the right places at the right time. He makes extremely intelligent runs and I think he's just going to offer Miami something that uh, obviously we haven't seen. Welcome to the, the league, Miami FC. but. Just something that I think is going to be difficult for teams to line up against and even more difficult for them to actually stop once they see him on the field. So I'm excited for his impact. I think he's going to be one of the top scorers in our league um, and probably one of the better number nines throughout the season as a whole. 
the dude can score goals. Yes. We're talking 25 in his two years, I believe, with Charleston. Um, a lot of experience under his belt. I mean, I think he is going to really, really take hold of this attack in Miami. They're putting together a lot of really good pieces over there, a really nice roster they're forming. I think Romario is that guy that you're going to want to lead that. And talk about making a splash coming into the league. You know, oh, yeah. so, you know, make that announcement and then not too long later announce that Romario is your guy. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think it says something about it, too, that Miami made Romario their marquee signing, if you mm -hmm. will. I mean, they let off with, hey, we're here, and now we mean business, and here's Romario Williams, who clearly lines up with their ambition. So really excited for them. I'm, I can't wait for, uh, for that first game. That's going to be a good one, especially my number three. We're going to go out west because we spent way too much time in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Joe Greenspan mm. and that pickup from Landon Donovan, Warren Smith's team over there in San Diego. I think this is a massive signing. One that might have not gotten enough buzz. I mean, I think that this is, you have to look at Joey Greenspan and what he's done in this league thus far. On top of who he is as a character, I mean, this is a top class guy. He's he's going to be what who you need on that back line. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, massive. Well, he's 6'6 six, six on that back line. He's really going to be the anchor of that defense. We're talking about our 2019 defensive, uh, you know, player of the year. We're talking about um, somebody who is going to lead a back line with Emmerich Menta. I think that he fits really naturally there. And, oh yeah, he's got that military background. Mm -hmm. So, having that base there I think it just they signed him and I'm like well this this just makes complete sense and I think after the year that he had in Pittsburgh where he you know just absolutely dominant was such a key part of that team I think it makes sense you know I think that he was somebody that was on Landon Donovan's radar he was somebody that you know Landon knew right away he wanted to have us one of his first signings and I think that you know it's I'm really, really intrigued to see what he does over on the Western Conference. Yeah, it's an incredible acquisition. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. not that we would have ever questioned any of Greenspan's talents last year, but now you just look at, again, just to, to build on your point, the roster that San Diego is putting together is incredibly impressive. Yep. You expect them to be contenders from mm -hmm. the second they step out on the field. Please don't let us down now that we've said that. But I think Joe is Joe's going to be a huge piece of that. Um, He's just somebody who's got it all as a defender. Mm -hmm. Somebody who you just you can rely on week in, week out. That's huge. It's always exciting too to see somebody kind of coming into a, a new side as well. You know, you have experienced guys, veteran guys coming into a club that's brand spanking new. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of excited to see how he takes that opportunity and how he kind of works in, into that dynamic there. But enough about Joe. We're down to our final two. Yeah, we're staying in the West. Yeah, all right. All Santi right. Moar, you just had to go and blow the offseason up. Uh, <laughs> One of the best players in the league last year. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that you could say about Moar is consistency, just in terms of production. I, I would never say that he wasn't there and wasn't a threat every single week, but he had lulls, right? He had times where he just maybe wasn't providing or wasn't you know, getting on the score sheet as often as he would have liked. Going to Phoenix is a massive move for both parties. I mean, Phoenix, they know what they're getting. They watched this guy dazzle all last year. I mean, he's got a certain sizzle about him that not many attackers in the league have. He can play as an 8, he can play as a 10, he can play as a forward. With Solomon Asante and losing Adam John to Atlanta United, which is an incredible deal for, for both parties there as well. I think they're going to rely heavily on Santi, and this is a massive opportunity for him to show that he's playing for last year's best team in the regular season at the very least and, and maybe best team overall but also just a dude who's look he's hungry he just wants to make an impact and, and that offensive firepower even though they lost John you're not taking a step back I will say and, and this might ruffle some feathers across the league but 
if you would have asked me about this signing a month ago, let alone the, the day it happened, I would have told you I had a lot of concerns. Mm -hmm. I, um, it, you know, when you and I were putting our list together, I didn't even have him in mind because in my head, I, I it, so much has changed in the, in the last month with that Phoenix side that I'm coming around to it now. I think it makes yeah. sense. But I mean, you have to understand that you're signing a guy like Santi, who is one one of the the most prolific. Um, attackers in our league. You have him with the ball at his feet, good luck, you know? Um, I think that's so, he's gonna bring something really special over to Phoenix, but he was coming into a Phoenix side that had, God, Adam John, Joey Kalistri, Junior Fleming, Solomon Asante, Kevon Lambert, Joe Pagaro, I mean, you had- A lot of names. A lot of names, a lot of big names, a lot of really talented guys that, to be honest with you, I didn't know how he was gonna fit. Now, we've seen a lot of these names come out. You know, Adam Johns, you know, moving on. We've got a few pieces kind of working its way around. Now I'm on board with it. But now it's kind of leaving me as, how, how is, how, how are you going to play Santi in mm -hmm. this role? Because it, this is also someone who's played a lot of different roles in the teams that he's played in in the USL Championship. I think this is somebody that you can easily see as a winger, somebody that you can easily see in, you know, maybe the 11 side. Where do you see him falling with Phoenix? I mean, I think the the big thing, right, is Adam John and Solomon Asante were worked so well last year because it was one big and one small. It just, it's how it was. Yeah, they would yeah. get it up to John, he would knock it down, set up Solo, or Solo could find space out wide and then cross in and find John. You might get that replacement with Rufus Dadashov, the player they brought in from the, the third division of German soccer, but I don't know. I think if I had to look at the, the way the Phoenix roster is currently assembled, which we assume it may even change given John's departure, yeah. the way they're currently assembled, I think you're looking at like, a hybrid winger, like almost like an inside forward, someone who will start out wide and go inside depending on where Solo is. I think Rick has a lot of questions to answer ahead of their preseason, but that's why they're one of the teams I can't wait to see take the field in early February, just because it's like, you guys have a lot of talent and I don't think anyone would ever question that. Now the question becomes, where do you do? And what do you do with all that? We have many examples in this league of a team being stacked with mm -hmm. talent and it just not working out. We'll leave names out of the equation here yeah, and clubs out of the equation, but we've seen it not work. So I'm I'm all aboard. Like show show me Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've they've proved time and time again like they are they're not going anywhere. This club is, is gonna stay and I think their transactions this offseason is proving that. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how it unfolds. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. My number two this guy just completely threw my list. I wanted to throw it away after this because I'm like, I can't, I can't make this top five without having him in here now. Evan Loro just mm. completely wrecked my list. Um, so not only is he, I think, the biggest acquisition for the Tampa Bay Rowdies this offseason, but this is somebody that is proven to be successful in this league. Um, I think that, you know, he is, he's going to come into the Rowdies and you have him and you have force on the back line i mean you're you're automatically forming something really really tough in the back yeah and then on top of that you've got that that attacking prowess in the front i just i i find i feel like that was the last piece that they needed you know somebody to to come in and replace what they had with mccarthy which you know he was fantastic and obviously had a little bit of, of uh, um, struggles with injuries throughout the season here and there but i mean it and not only did I think that they replaced McCarthy, I think they might have done one better. Yeah. Um, 
Wow, Loro. that's high praise. Loro is so impressive to me. I think he uses his feet so well. I think he is a, a leader out of the back. And I think if you're the Tampa Bay Rowdies and you're Neil Collins, you're freaking pumped. And, oh, yeah. and you know, if you're not in the city and pumped to see the the puzzle and, and everything that, that Neil Collins is putting together, and then they drop Evan Loro on you, oh wait, we're not done. <laughs> it's just, I think this is an incredible acquisition and I think it's the, the last thing that they needed to make a, a serious run this year. And a dude who's just like super familiar with the Eastern Conference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's played every single one of these teams that they're going to face mm -hmm. this year. I would trade New York weather for Tampa Bay weather, absolutely. <laughs> I think he's probably fine with that as yeah, well. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think if you're Macklin Robinson, you might be a little upset that they brought in somebody, but it's not like you could sit there and assume mm -hmm. that the, the starting job was ever yours, especially losing somebody with no. the quality of McCarthy. So I'm right there with you. I think Laura's big. It, it definitely threw us for a loop just with the timing of all of it, but yeah, yeah makes we, sense. We had a re-look re at a, <laughs> at a, a <laughs> There's some reconsiderations here a, and there. A few things on our end, but a lot to be said about, about his move here and how that's going to shape. But um, I, I'll tell you what, when I was putting together his highlight reel yesterday, I was like, Evan Laurel mm -hmm. is going to make a splash down here in, in the Bay, and it's, it's going to be an exciting time for the Eastern Conference, I think, this season. Absolutely. Speaking of... We've got one left. Number one. Number one. Who, who tops your list? The, uh, the bow that I wrapped this entire thing with is Nico Brett moving from Pittsburgh to Birmingham. Interesting. I also put Nico Brett as my number one. Okay. Yeah. Which Why? means, like, obviously, one, we spend a lot of time together. Yeah. We're the same person at number one. And two. Leave that off. Does this mean that this was just that big of an acquisition for Birmingham? I mean, it's just one of those things. We watched Nico absolutely light it up last year. Yeah. I mean, this was a dude who scored four goals in their first playoff game against the team that he now just joined, which mm -hmm. I'm sure there won't be any bad blood, but I'm sure if I watch somebody score four goals on my team in the playoffs, I'd probably go after that guy in the offseason. It's my favorite signing of the offseason. Yeah. I think Nico Brett fits into Birmingham. I think that he's got a lot of really great guys around him with Mikey Lopez, Chandler Hoffman. The idea of, of Chandler Hoffman getting himself going and, and having somebody like Nico Brett mm. right in that attack with him, love that. I mean, you add in, you know, Mikey Lopez and Brian Wright as oh, well. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're, you're looking at, at a dangerous little unit there. But I mean, you have to really have, like, look at what, Nico Brett has produced in the last two years in this league. We're talking 17 goals, five assists in 2019 for Pittsburgh. We want to talk about 2018 as well, 15 goals, eight assists. So, yep. you know, not only does he do a fantastic job at finding the back of the net, he's a makes a massive impact in, in your offensive scheme. I mean, this is somebody that, you know, if, if he might not score on a given day, he's probably going to be a part of setting something up. Mm -hmm. and, and Absolutely. And that's the guy that you want. And I think Birmingham needed that in their, in their midfield as well. I think he is a massive piece coming into that side. He's just so creative and I think it'll be just as much a testament to Birmingham's signings as it will the hole that it leaves in Pittsburgh. I think the mm -hmm. Riverhounds have a massive task in trying to replace a player like him. They just don't come around very often and when you got somebody with the explosiveness that Nico has, again his creative element, just his overall flair and, and knack for goal. I mean you're talking about somebody who is going to hopefully light up Birmingham soccer and we may see even more irons made this year. There you go, our, our top five lists, both of them ending with Nico Brett. So sorry, Nico, for putting the, the pressure on you in Birmingham this Nico season. Brett. But it's a fantastic pickup and one I think I think is going to work out really well. Now, we may have had our top five lists, but there are a few that Scott and I just couldn't quite put on that top five, but doesn't mean that it's not worth talking about. So there's a difference here. You've got the top five best acquisitions, best signings of the offseason. But you've also got the top five buzzworthy ones. Nice. You know, there's just some names that we just can't quite leave out of the conversation. 
Scott, I'm going to let you handle your first five. And there are only five here. Yeah. So, which yeah. was even a list to, that was difficult for us to narrow down in itself. Because again, and I feel like we just got to reiterate it, it doesn't mean that these players won't be impactful. At all. I, I think we anticipate all five of these being incredibly impactful. They're just also some of the biggest names to float around. And it starts for me with Corbin Bowen making the move from FC Cincinnati to, to Louisville City. I think that you look at Louisville and just all the talent they have up front. You've got Luke Spencer, Magnus Rasmussen, Brian Ownby, Antoine Hopeno, and now you add someone like Corbin Bone with not just his quality, but also his professionalism. I mean, this Louisville side may be one of the more veteran sides in the league right now, but that doesn't take anything away from their ability to produce on the field. I'm, if I'm the Eastern Conference, I am genuinely worried about potentially landing in Louisville for a fourth straight year. I love that. It was on my list as well. But do you think Louisville's too crowded? Does Corbin come in and and make things more difficult for Hackworth's side? I think he gives John Hackworth a selection headache yeah, absolutely yeah. every single week. But I think that's also the beauty of it, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is a team that was so hampered by injuries last year that I don't blame Hackworth and company in the slightest mm-hmm. for loading up maybe too much. And I think that if your biggest problem is, wow, I don't know who to pick this week, that's an okay problem for a coach to have. Every coach would love to have that problem. So I'm looking forward to seeing Corbin's impact. I think he's somebody who can still offer a lot to that side. And and just seeing the reaction to Cincinnati, or from Cincinnati fans rather, to Corbin and watching him go, he's going to be a player who's clearly missed and made a community impact as well. So excited for him. Speaking of community impact, we have a fellow former FC Cincinnati mm-hmm. player that's coming in at number four on our list, and uh, it's going to be Forrest Lasso over yeah. at the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I think obviously we can go accolade, accolade, accolade. You know, three-time first team All-League selection, 2018 de- Defender of the Year. I mean, this is somebody obviously who has made a name for himself in this league. But I think last year especially was really interesting with Forrest having that time with FC Cincinnati, and then you come over and um, you go on loan to Nashville, and I believe it was 11 or so games, mm-hmm. maybe 14 games that he played in 2019 and still had a first team yep. selection in the yep. league. I, I think that really that speaks for itself and shows, you know, the kind of impact because we're not making we're not making that selection. You and I have nothing to say about that. Um, so it shows the kind of impact that he's Definitely. having with the media and, and, and across the league and everything like that. I, I don't know how you create a, a buzzworthy list and don't have him on there because accolades and everything aside, this is somebody who's well liked in the league, um, somebody who you know is really active on, on social, and somebody who's you know obviously very very well liked by the fan base. So I think mm-hmm. we move over into that Rowdy's fan base, and you know they'll just they'll love him and they have so much um, high praise for him. But on top of all of that, there's somebody that also was given the captain's armband in August yep. of 2019, with a few months left to play in the season. So I think that also shows the kind of leadership and um, you know mentality that he's going to bring into the locker room. It's just a he's a proven leader. He's mm-hmm. someone who you would expect to start every single game. Too, yeah. which is massive for yeah. them. Someone had to replace Pape Diakite, who also, right. accolades aside, was an incredible defender last year. But mm-hmm. I think the Rowdy's got the right guy. Um, time will tell, certainly. I'm moving on to Lebo Meloto with Tulsa, love who this. was also a standout player. Yep. I think we gave Nashville a little bit of love here. I didn't, unknowingly so. Unknowingly so, <laughs> but Lebo's an incredible player. I think he'll join Bradley Bourgeois out there and, and just having an impact on a team who is basically starting from scratch. I mean, you look at Tulsa, their, their refresh logo, they want to basically approach this year entirely different than they did last year, and I respect them for it. With as many moving pieces as they have, I think there's something to be said. Not that continuity was going to be their answer. Tulsa, again, near the bottom of the Western Conference last year. But there's a team chemistry element to this. And I think bringing in players who are unselfish 
and who just want to be out there, like Lee Bumaloto, is going to be a massive assist for them. So it may take them a little while to get gelled. It may take them a little while to get going, start picking up points consistently. But I think come even as early as April, May, mm-hmm. you're going to see Lebo Maloto being one of the more impactful side or players in his side. Whether he does it on a national stage, whether he blows up and everybody's paying attention to him or not, I think, again, you're just looking at somebody who is going to make the difference for Tulsa every single week that he possibly can. A lot of moving parts in Tulsa yeah. right now. I think that it's very obvious what this ownership's trying to do and, um, you know, the, the front office. All, all of these pieces aside, Bradley Bourgeois coming mm-hmm. in as well. Um, I, I think Limon Belotto is a fantastic signing for them. I think he's somebody who's going to re- really lead the charge for them there in the midfield. But I also think he's somebody who brings that, the kind of character that you want within your team. I think that's somebody you're going to see very active in the community. Um, he's somebody who really does well with the fan bases and really just wants to give back. So it's I think it's kind of twofold there with him. Absolutely. So And he's comfortable. This is sort of an underrated element of this too. He's really comfortable with the front office. I mean, James Cannon making the move from Nashville over. Mm-hmm. They they took a lot of Nashville SC staff from last year mm-hmm. over to Tulsa. That is going to help players settle immediately. And now you're talking about a, a unique environment in which somebody can make an impact on the field but immediately get mm-hmm. that fan base and sort of revitalize what Tulsa has wanted to be for a long time, but finally have the opportunity to be in 2020. It's awesome. We head over to our our second one on the list, and I, I got to go back over to to my friends over in San Diego because Emre Clementa, I think, is a, a fantastic signing for them. A lot to be said about this guy. You know, mm-hmm. this is somebody who has has had a lot of success in this league. We're talking about somebody who's already won a championship final. He knows that feeling. He knows what it's like to raise a trophy. I mean, I think he's going to bring something to a team that's. One, never had the chance to win it because they yeah. haven't existed, but he, he brings this aura and this, this experience and, and all of these attributes to a, a club that I think was looking for something like that. Yeah. You know, um, I think you have him alongside Joe Greenspan and you're like, oh man, that is, that's a back line if I've ever seen it's one. Group. It's adds a group. Um, I think on top of all of that, you have somebody who was raised in California, you know, so you've got a little bit of that Cali mentality and that home feel and I think that is something that's going to be really important for San Diego and a new club as well to have that in there, but I mean, I think this guy is, is going to be that leader. I would not be surprised in a month or two if we see him with the armband. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And somebody familiar with the West. And Again, the yes, and the West. You look at mm-hmm. the, the familiarity with the player pool. I think is just as important as anything, mm-hmm. but. Again, I don't want to harp on it too much since they haven't kicked a ball officially yet, but that San Diego side has a lot of potential. It'd be exciting to see what's going to happen here come March. 100%. 100%. Number one. Number one. Um, also a recent acquisition, but somebody who I'm really looking forward to just watching light up the field all year. <laughs> Hopefully at least. Vincent Vesicor mm-hmm. making the move from New York to, to Miami FC. Miami perhaps staying relatively quiet when it comes to like blowing all of these signings out of the water. I think they made a big deal about Romario. They signed Lance Rosaboom today, who I think is going to be an, an impactful player as well. But what Bezicourt brings to the field is just consistency. I mean, the, the guy can provide a lot going forward. Again, you talk about somebody who can play in a, a couple of different areas on the field, but more important than anything is just the fact that he's going to be reliable. He's going to be somebody who he's young, he's hungry, he's got plenty in his legs left. And I think playing in that Miami Heat, they're going to have a lot of advantages when it comes to bringing people down to uh, Ricardo Silva Stadium and just looking to be sort of the newcomers, the new faces on the scene. But not just like, oh, hey, hi, nice to meet you. It's also like, hi, we're going to take three points from you and we're going to keep them here. So I think Vincent's got a, got a lot of opportunity to make an impact there. And now it's just 
Let's see that team hit the field. I think I'm, I'm ready for that one. I love that note about him too. He's so consistent. He's mm -hmm. so reliable. That cannot be um, overstated enough, in my opinion. And on top of all that, he's he's bringing some MLS experience. Yep. He's bringing, um, you know, uh, much like for Mario there up top. I think that it's gonna be interesting to see those two guys work together because they're very different players. But sometimes that's what makes it work. Yeah. So absolutely. Looking forward to seeing what Miami's what the one of the, the third team now that we've repeated twice. So I think that makes sense. Buzzworthy top five, a few teams now that we're starting to see a pattern with a lot of teams that are um, they did their job this offseason. Yeah, 100%. But the job isn't done yet. So there are a few names across this league that have not landed on a USL Championship side yet, or a USL League One side for that matter. Mm -hmm. And I cannot end this session without talking a little bit about some of these guys who need to find a home and who should find a home and some clubs who should be looking directly at them. So I'm going to let you uh, start it off, Scott. Well, it's crazy because we're we're sitting here in late January. Most teams' mm -hmm. preseasons have either begun this week or will begin next week. So a lot of rosters may be close to set, but right. I don't think there's a shortage of talent still out there. I think you've got to start with Sebastian Velasquez, who went back to Columbia. A lot of um, family in that area and him trying to take care of some family side of things as well, but also to try and get on with the Colombian first division side. Mm -hmm. Didn't pan out for him, and he made that announcement uh, earlier this week on social that he was looking for a club. He said the same thing that we just did. A lot of rosters may be set, but you talk about a player who made a difference in a short time in El Paso. I won't even begin to touch on the community impact or else we'll be here for another half hour, hour at most. But um, he's just a guy who can create, he can score, he's he's an energizer bunny and, and again he's just somebody who you can tell how much he loves this game mm -hmm. and how much he just wants to be there for the team, be there for the fans. He's sort of your holistic championship free agent right now and I think he's going to be the first name that a lot of people are looking at if they need a boost in attack where they're like, if we could get him for the right price, then then let's uh, let's see this guy out and lay on. He'll be a spark wherever yep. he goes, and I think that's one thing you can count on with Sebastian. That is without a doubt what he's going to bring. We uh, we can't possibly have a free agent list without talking about Conrad Plua. Yeah. Where yeah. Conrad? Where are you going? <laughs> because we've been wanting to know this since day one of this offseason. We're talking about the you know the 2019 USL Championship final MVP. Um, we're talking about he's, he's a title winner now. I mean he was a massive massive part of the. Monarchs run in the mm -hmm. playoffs. Um, I mean, especially as a defender, one of the top goal scorers on that team as a defender in that playoff run. Um, I think this is somebody that, that will make a massive difference on that back line. I just, I, where, I just want to know so badly where he is going <laughs> to going to head. Obviously, he's Polish, so you know, um, you know, you have you have the, um, the international side of things as well. Um, but I'm just so curious where Conrad Poole is going to go because the, the dude deserves a good spot. You know, and his professionalism just Fan. Oh. It blows you out of the water. Yeah. I mean, just listening to him sit down mm -hmm. and, and boost a Monarch side that didn't need to answer any more questions once they had mm -hmm. won the, the 2019 final. And yet he sat down there and made sure in the press conference that everybody knew that that Monarchs team deserved to be there. Every single one of those players, whether they were on an MLS contract, on a USL contract, whatever it is, he made no excuses. He said that we competed the hardest, and obviously they proved it. That is a competitor right yeah. there. That is somebody who is always going to add value to your team, and I'm, I'm like you. I'm just waiting to see if he ends up somewhere, hopefully in our league, but also hopefully for him it's, it's an opportunity to go anywhere and continue this incredible journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. We'll move on. Paco Craig, a um, little bit near and dear as we as we wait to see what happens with him. And, and Louisville had this happen last year. I'm not implying that it would be Louisville this year at all, but 
Paco is somebody who, he's so ambitious and he's so talented. And I think that, you know, seeing him work as hard as he has the last couple of years, the guy deserves a shot anywhere. It did not pan out for him last year, making a move overseas, playing in, in whatever division of England that he was, you know, sought after. Mm-hmm. I think you could be looking at a similar situation this year, but the signing of Jimmy Ockford, or Jimmy uh, Ockford rather, makes me think that John Hackworth may have his roster set for this year. Close that door. It could be, you know, I think it may be cracked a little bit just in case there's some potential there, but, uh, but Paco's just somebody who, you know, you talk about somebody with accolades, the same thing. He was an all first league team defender in 2018. He's led Louisville to, to three straight championship final appearances at this point. The guy's just got a lot in his arsenal. And I think that if there's any team out there who's looking to bolster the back line, that, that Paco Craig would be an easy yes. It's just about whether or not the player wants it. And I think only Paco can speak for himself on that one. But uh, I'm rooting for that guy wherever he's at to, to get an opportunity. Paco's one of the best guys to work with in the league, I, for, especially from our point of view. And I think he's one of your, your favorite guys to have in the locker room yeah. as well. Just just an all-around great guy and great player. So, I mean, selfishly, I hope he ends up uh, around here. But if not, um, I think it'll be fun to see, to watch where Paco goes. Absolutely. I'm going to go throw a wrench in our, um, in our list here. And <laughs> throw you a little bit of a curveball because I am dying to find out where Juan Pablo Coffa lands. Mm, wow, that's a great shout. I it, 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 I tell you what, this is somebody who has just been fantastic for so many years in this league. And I think when you look at what he did with that Fresno side, and I mean, you're talking about set pieces with Lewis Hilton and um, you know Carl Hayworth, this is somebody who holds his own on the set piece game. Um, he's just he's just such a glue. He's such a veteran guy he's somebody who could really lead a team and I would hate hate to not see him land on a, on a championship side again and it's somebody who just has that perfect mix of yeah, he's a great he's guy and he's a great player fantastic interesting I didn't even yeah I would not have thought of that one did you literally just think I of that? literally just it just came to me <laughs> unbelievable all right I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the train going um, somebody who you know Maybe a little bit of uh, the hometown hero for me, Cameron Lindley, who's from my, my hometown in Indiana. Uh, he was a contributor for Memphis last year. He's somebody who was on loan from Orlando City SC to Memphis 901 FC last year. He wore the captain's band for like their first ever Open Cup game, and I was like, clearly Tim Mulqueen sees something in, in Cam Lindley and his ability. Currently out of contract, though. Cam, I think seven assists last year, a couple goals, an incredible free kick goal, one of the, the goals of the season for me. But somebody who I think could still be impactful. I think he he is out of contract with Orlando City SC. I'm not sure whether there have been negotiations with Memphis or any other side, but I think Cam is a player who, whether you're able to give him 90 minutes every single week mm-hmm. or not, I think he's somebody who can hold it down for you. I think you're looking at it, somebody with great passing range. You're looking at somebody who can cover a lot of distance on the field. I think he's just an asset who, if he's there and if it makes sense, it's one of those. It's It's got to be at the right place in the right time. But I think you could say that for a lot of guys that are still available out there. So it's the name of the game. It's the name of the game. I think it's just Lindley is somebody who I would not like to see um, not have a club this year because mm-hmm. I think he can make an impact. But even if he was down at USL League One, I think you're talking about someone who would, would run a game for a lot of teams. I love that shout. And I think obviously that's somebody who's, who's going to land. It's just a matter of where. Yeah. And obviously there's there's plenty of really notable players across the league that we that didn't make our list. And, oh yeah. You know, that's subjective here. So 
We're still searching Twitter every single day for all of you, so don't think that you're too too far from our hearts. Subtle Twitter plug. Subtle Twitter plug, per usual. Listen, it's, it's been super busy this offseason, and now we're looking at just over a month until we're fully back up and running. Um, I think we're ready. Uh, Scott and I were just saying that we're starting to get a little bored. Um, so team meetings are happening. You know, we're finally seeing the guys you know, hit the green again. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's in the air. Got that itch we, again. We got that we're itch. We're ready. If you guys disagree, please let us know who would be on your top five. Um, who do we miss? Who's worth talking about? We'd love to have that conversation with you. So for Scott Stewart, Kelsey Steele from USL HQ, we'll see you guys here very soon.